Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Welcome to another episode of Through the Corporate Glass. I'm Ashwini, your host for this episode. Have you ever wondered what it means to be a technical program manager and whether you should consider the role as a career option? To give us a deep dive into the world of program management, its challenges and rewards, we have with us Rajiv Ramamurthy. Rajiv is a senior director of program management with NXP Semiconductors in San Diego. He started his career as a cellular algorithms engineer at Nokia, moved into engineering management, and subsequently transitioned into a program management role. I've worked with Rajiv and have always appreciated his candor and ability to prioritize pragmatism in decision-making. Welcome to the podcast, Rajiv. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much, Ashwini, for having me. Let me start with the million-dollar question. What does it mean to be a program manager? So a program manager is a person who acts as a glue. So I'm going to talk about it from an engineering uh, company standpoint. And a program manager there is a person who acts as a glue between engineering and marketing. So marketing has an idea, they have a business case, they then go ahead and create a market uh, requirement. And the program manager's job is to take that through its paces. So that means converting market requirements to product requirements, to development, to testing, to customer sampling, to customer launch. Now, all these pieces are done by individual teams in engineering. The program manager's job is to make sure that they come together within a certain schedule, within the money that's available uh, for this program. So stay within budget and with the right amount of quality. You have to solve problems, keeping several parameters in mind. And you have to do three things for people. You have to steer them, you have to serve them, and you have to lead by example. So if you do these three things well, I think you you will be called an excellent collaborator, which is what you will have to be if you're a program manager. Oh, wow. That sounds like you would need to understand a lot of different areas as a program manager. You mentioned that it involves translating requirements from marketing into product definition. That makes me wonder, is there a difference between a program management role and a product management role? So in some companies, program management and product management are one and the same, uh, but they are not as many as you might think because there is a lot of overlap. Typically product management focuses more on the feature definition. Some, you know, they're based, they're more outward looking. So they'd like to create the feature list that they want the product to have. So they, they would say that they are super passionate about the product. Program managers can't just be focused on the features of the product. They also have to care about what the schedule is, how much money do we have for this product? What's the engineering capability? What can we build? What can we buy? And then make all of this happen. So you've got to wear the product management hat at the early phase, but then later through the cycle of development, you've got to wear the hats of engineering, of finance, of customer support, and then finally customer launch. So you have to be very pragmatic and you're focused more on making things happen for other people. So 
You've got architects who will translate requirements into product uh, specifications. You've got engineers who will take product specifications into code, be it hardware or software. And then you've got test people who will validate all of that. All these people are going to do the actual building. What the program manager does is put it together and actually make it happen as a product. That's very interesting. So would you say it's like the maestro in an orchestra where the maestro doesn't actually play any of the instruments, but is responsible for the overall performance. And it seems like the program manager role is similar where you have all of these subject matter experts, but the program manager is actually responsible for putting the overall story and the execution together. I have to say I like that analogy. I think okay. uh, I think I'm going to use it in the future. Yes, why not? I think it is. Uh, I'm sure product management folks would like to also see themselves as maestros because they'd also like to be seen as the people conducting the orchestra. But yes, a conductor of an orchestra is one way to think about program management. Setting the pace, setting the cadence, queuing up things at the right time. I think it's probably a pretty accurate description as I think about it. What is the level of expertise that a program manager needs to have in all of these different areas? Because you mentioned finance, you mentioned uh, a certain amount of knowledge of the product, possibly interfacing with marketing. So this sounds like a lot for one person to actually know. How do you balance that? Correct. So I think, first of all, we should look at where is program management hosted in a company. You can have program management hosted within a business group, which is the case for me. You can have it hosted in R&D. So you probably then report into the CTO, or you can have it as a separate function, which is then, you know, probably rolling up to the COO or the head of program management who essentially reports into the C-level. Each of these will, will tune how people view programs within that company. So if it's within the R&D organization, it's going to be much more technically oriented, it's going to be more about uh, making sure that the program managers are deeply embedded with the engineering managers and that, you know, they're very technical in the discussions and in the execution follow-up. If it's within business, they're going to care, uh, it's going to be more peanut butter. So they're going to have uh, focus towards customers, they're going to care about the budget, they're going to care about schedules, they're going to be held accountable more for the financial side of things. And I think those are the two main uh, ways to look at it. If you're under the COO, then you may have certain corporate guidelines about, you know, milestones and gates and processes to follow and things like that. It can get a bit uh, more structured in a different way. But largely between engineering and business, depending on where you're hosted, you end up with a different bias or filter on what you do. That's an interesting way to look at it. So I guess when someone is trying to figure out what role the pro program management is playing in a particular organization, they should figure out the reporting hierarchy to give them pointers. They should. I think, first of all, they should decide, do they want to, are they somebody who derives pleasure and passion from building something or from ideating something mm -hmm. or from making something happen? So if they are the kind who are in the last, which is making something happen, then they are more suited to being a program manager. You can never claim as a program manager, if you're honest and objective that I built this because you didn't, the engineers built it. 
And you can't say that I ideated it because you didn't, the marketing folks did. But if you, you can certainly claim that I made this happen. So I think that's where people have to decide. It's not so much about which function program management is hosted in, but do I fall in that bucket of people who care about the product and say that I made this happen? Given that, what do you think are the skills necessary for somebody wanting to pursue a role in program management? So let me let me look at this from the point of view of a person who's starting off in, in, in an engineering company, you know, from uh, leaving university. Usually, I think the first between three and seven years, you're going to end up being an individual contributor, getting more senior in, in your knowledge and your ability to contribute and build up whatever IP or asset that you're part of. Somewhere at the five to 10 year juncture, you will come to a point where you'll have to make a call. Do you want to continue down the path of staying technical? So becoming more specialized, becoming an architect, becoming a fellow, that track, or do you want to manage people? And do you want to end up taking on what your boss's job is, essentially? Uh, so becoming a team lead, becoming a manager, becoming a director, being a functional manager. Or you can make a choice that you want to leave engineering, quote unquote, then you have two options. You can either leave engineering and become a product manager, which means you're in marketing and you define the product, you talk to customers and so on. Or you become a program manager where you are kind of in engineering, kind of in product marketing. You, you never really left engineering. At least I don't think that at all. But you aren't doing development anymore. You aren't building things anymore. But you are certainly making things happen by coordinating, supporting, and steering. So I think that's the skill set one is expected to have. You're expected to be technical. Mm -hmm. You should care about the product. You should not be about empire building. So you can't be someone who wants to build a big team because program managers are essentially individual contributors and they work through influence. So what matters is being objective, being sufficiently technical that you have the respect of the engineering team, being sufficiently passionate about the product that you have the respect of the product team, knowing the customer, knowing what it takes to take the product from building it to launching it so that you have the respect of the sales team. So this kind of skill set is what I look for when I look for program managers and what I also aspire to be. I guess from your description, it feels like it's a soft influence, right? It, correct. It certainly is. Program management as a function, of course, has people management responsibilities as you move up the program management group. But as a program manager, when you start off, you're very much an individual contributor you're like a product marketing person who's taken on the job of defining a product, except in this case, you're not defining the product. Um, you're actually making the product execution happen. And in doing so, you're working with product marketing, you're working with engineering, you're working with sales, and you're also reporting up the hierarchy into the executive management levels uh, on the status of your program. Got it. How about career progression in the program management field? How does it work? What does it look like when you become senior uh, in the program management track? So I, I think you end up doing a combination of things. You, let's say you, you like this role, you want to stay and, and continue to grow in this uh, function of program management. 
you, obviously your peers, your, your stakeholders recognize that. So you will start to get more complex programs. You will start to get more strategic programs that matter to the company. Or you may get a collection of smaller programs to run together. In doing so, you, you are still an individual contributor, but your sphere of influence grows. Your contribution to the company grows and your learning in what it takes to build different kinds of products grows. So that takes a few years. And given that program managers are essentially going to be responsible for a product, you know, you can only have so many program managers in a company. So this is typically a small group. This is not, you know, you don't have hundreds of people like you do in engineering, for example. So you may have a few tens of people and therefore career growth is not about, like I said, empire building. Career growth here has to be about your passion for the product, your interest in making strategic execution happen for the company. And then yes, at some point in time, you probably say you want to also do people management in which case you're no longer directly responsible for a product, but you're doing more portfolio management for a group of products. So the, the career progression would be program manager, senior program manager, you know, uh, even more senior program manager, depending on what the company titles it is. But then you end up becoming at some point in time, people manager for group of program managers. And then depending on the company structure, you may end up essentially growing further up and running the function of program management for that business or for that engineering unit or for, for the entire company. I was also wondering if you were to look at your day in terms of the work that goes on in your role, is there some highlight that makes this exciting? And is there also something that you wish you didn't have to do or you didn't have to manage as part of the role? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I think your question here is, related to a person who, who, who is a program manager, because I currently do more, you know, I, I, I manage the function of program management. So I, my day is different from a typical program manager's day, but let me go back to when I was doing program management for a product. Um, the most exciting part is usually what uh, we call running the CFD. And this is usually the group of individuals who are responsible for the domains or the functions that make up that product. So it could be, you know, different components of software or different components of hardware and software. And depending on the nature of the product, you typically have somewhere between five and 20 people. Hopefully it's closer to 10 and not, not higher, much higher than 10. So this is the team that this program manager works with on a daily basis, all through right from essentially when the program reached the point of definition till the point of launch. And depending on whether it's a software or a hardware program, this could be anywhere from six months to two years, typically. So making this, what I call the gearbox work smoothly, week after week, making sure that people come to this, bring in their problems, we talk about them, we solve the problems there, or we figure out how we solve them afterwards. And then coming back the next week and not repeating that same conversation again, but actually making a step, taking that step forward and going into the next phase and then doing this in a way where you can see that we are going forward and we are marching ahead towards building this product that is fantastic you get a great kick out of that conversely you certainly will face weeks when you aren't making progress 
And it could be because people aren't yet assigned to the program. So you'd like to move forward, but you don't have the bandwidth or people are assigned, but you're stuck because you know there are certain technical hurdles that you just can't surmount at this time. Or you could just be in a program where it just isn't high priority right now. So while you feel like people could be assigned, they're not assigned. While you feel you could have more budget for it and you could make more things happen, budget won't be assigned. So it can be frustrating if you end up on a program of that sort. But it's also a learning experience because then you figure out despite those constraints, how do you make a product happen? Because it still has a business case and it still has a schedule. So it, best of days and best of weeks, it's it just clicks. You're going through you know, activities that different people are working on and you make sure that their, their hurdles are getting removed. Worst of times, hurdles don't get removed at all and maybe new ones get thrown in. So it does seem like there is a lot of people interaction skills in play over here. I, I know it's, it's hard to generalize, but are there a certain type of people who would fit into this more naturally than the rest? Is it necessary to be an extrovert, for example? Yeah, it's a very good question. In my opinion, to be an effective program manager and to influence and get things done and to communicate well with the engineering group, you can't be a person who is simply tracking things in Microsoft Project or Microsoft Excel. You've got to be able to talk to them, relate to their issues, and realize that everybody has a finite amount of time and bandwidth in a day. So while the engineers are super focused on solving the very detailed problems and actually building it, they sometimes can't see above that surface. So your job is to look above that tree line and see what's up that you can then tell them, hey, how about this? Why don't we do it this way? And do it in a manner where they recognize you're solving a problem for them and not you know, stealing the spotlight. So you've got to be technically oriented. You've got to have enough technical understanding that while you don't build the product, you can add value to the engineering team in, in, the, in the conversations and in the meetings. And then over time, you build up business acumen, but equally you also build up customer orientation and you understand what the market needs. That comes with practice and with experience and time. But I would say these are the kind of skills that matter. Reasonably good technical skills in that domain, uh, good business understanding, good customer understanding, good market understanding. And again, you, you have to care about being pragmatic. You can't take a dogmatic, pedantic approach to things. Even though these skills seem generic and applicable across industries, would you say it's actually agnostic to an industry or uh, would it, like for, for example, would a program manager in the semiconductor uh, space be able to do program management in healthcare? In my opinion, probably not very well, frankly. But that said, that's I'm trying to look at now the, you know, the universe of people who are program managers and semiconductors and then thinking about how well would they translate if they move to another industry like healthcare. I, I personally would, would, putting myself in such a transition would find it a challenge, but that's fine. I think the question you have to ask yourself is, why is that an option for you? Why are you looking at that? You must be looking at that because you care about the healthcare industry. So let me take my example. I care a lot about climate change. It's something that I find very interesting. So. If you wanted to get into, say, EVs, car manufacturing, uh, battery technology, carbon capture companies, 
these are domains that I don't know anything about because I'm in semiconductors. I've been in mobile phones, wireless communication, semiconductors through my career. But if I'm willing to move down the, the career ladder a bit and be willing to learn, because I would think you can't assume that you can translate from where you are today right across to the other industry and hold the same position in terms of seniority. But if you're willing to come down the career ladder, start from a place where you, again, are in a role where you're expected to learn and you obviously care, and so you will learn, you're passionate about that industry, then you can make a very clean and good transition. It'll take time, but you'll probably get a great, great kick out of it because you want to make the transition. So first think about, do you care about that other industry? You must, you can't do this for, you can't do this as a chess game where you feel like joining this healthcare industry or this other company is a, is a career move. Then you will probably find it very difficult because people will have expectations that you can't meet. But if you like that industry or that sector and you're passionate about it, then go in with the learning mentality, be willing to move down the ladder a few runs and then you will, I'm sure, move back up. Thank you. That that was very insightful. If you wanted to leave the listeners with final thoughts on what, what they should remember when they think of program management, what, what would you say? I'm probably going to end up saying a little bit of what I've been saying so far, which is you have to be a person who, who cares deeply about products in a way where you aren't just concerned about the feature set or writing that architecture document or writing that customer requirement specification, which is what each of the different domains or functions would do, then you are someone who could be a really good program manager. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Rajiv, for this interview and the deep dive on program management. This was certainly very useful to all of us. Thank you, Arfini. It was fantastic being here. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do send us your feedback at throughthecorporateclass.com and follow us on Twitter at corporateclass. You can also email us at feedback at throughthecorporateclass.com. We'd love to hear from you.